Alright folks, again, again, here we go, it's another podcast, I am your host, Broku the Great One, and today, we're gonna have a segment on family, this is part two, and I got a guest with me today, I'm just gonna let him introduce himself, and where he is in the world, and what he's done, go ahead brother, introduce yourself. Uh... You know, Sergeant G, um, I think, uh, uh, Chapter 5, Paragraph 13, Custom Letters. Also, everybody knows me as Garcia from the Bandy World. Uh, what's it called? 14 years of service, two deployments. Okay. Two 15-month deployments. Oh, four, so five and oh seven, oh nine. So, yeah, so it's a live one. So, now I'm gonna call you Sergeant G, man, you know, because uh, that's respect where respect is due. You're in the world, that's who you were, that's what you've done. Uh, you was a tanker. In the military, correct? Roger that. All right. All right. So now, um, <clears throat> yeah, the last segment we had, we was talking about family. And I know that was a topic that you really wanted to touch on. So what I did was what I'm going to do here is I'm going to let you take the floor and let us let us know how your life and family, how it's affected, and what you would like to see as a change or for the people to know, hey, man, how family should correspond with us vets. Well, the the reason I, I suggested family uh, to you before was because, you know, it, it's a good subject as far as, you know, when you, like you said, you know, where you were before basic and then you went to basic right. you know and in basic training you know you're with your new brothers you build that camaraderie but at the same time you have your family back home right you know and when you're away you know you want to hear from that family you want to know that you know you're still you're still uh important to them and that you know uh you're still cared for you know that's that lifeline you know, that everybody right. looks for when that meal call is, is, is ready, you know? Oh, man. And uh, so, um, but then, you know, like you and I, we got stationed in Germany. So, like most dudes, they want to stay close to home, you know, near that family. And not everybody's lucky enough to get that. Right. So, you know, out in Germany... You know, we were out doing our thing, you know, and you creating that bond, going out there, having a good time, new experiences, whether they're, you know, out in town or, you know, every day, uh, what's it called, the uh, nine to five for us, you know, the routine, right, so to speak, you know, but at the same time, you know, you're still trying to keep in touch with their family back home, right, and you know, if you're married. <coughs> 
you know, some were lucky enough to have their family come with them, and then some are not, you know. Right. So you have that, that separation anxiety. Uh, you have the, you know, the depression that sets in with the married folks, but you still have that with, you know, the young Joes and shit at right. the same time. Yeah. And, um, you know, but that's still, that's something that's, uh, that's not looked at, you know, or even cared about, you know, as far as being in the military. Right. You know, it's like, you're, that, that's your job. I don't give a shit what's going on back home. Who cares about your feelings? You're not supposed to have feelings anyways unless I authorize them. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, and but yet, if your shit ain't shit tied back home, then yeah, you're not going to be 100% operational. You know man, what I mean? Man, let me tell you, man. And <clears throat> and it's crazy you said that because when I was in Germany, when I, when I was there, uh, we was at Graftenberg. And we was doing a graph, and in the middle of the graph, I got a, a Red Cross message stating my mom was in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, you know, Red Cross messages come through normally. It's like, okay, you got to go, you know? Uh, yeah. The first sergeant denied that. He said, oh, nah, she ain't dying. She got to die first before you can mm -hmm. go. I said, mm -hmm. wait, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, man, she got to die first. I was like, that's when I knew. I was in one of the toughest units. You see what I'm saying? And that's my first unit now. I wasn't I didn't go to any other unit before that. 137 first armor first unit. I knew Yeah, I feel you, man. I got the same thing on our deployment. Like we was two weeks from coming back, you know, and I got that Red Cross message about my great grandmother. You know, a woman who spent a lot of time raising me and you know, they're like, hey, you know, it doesn't meet the criteria, you know. And I still got that piece of paper, dude. Uh, and I'm like, dude, we're two weeks from go. We're two two weeks out. We're about to go home. You can't fucking let me go bury my grandma, my great grandmother, you know. Right. Oh. And it's like, nah, they're like, it doesn't meet their criteria. But what they were really saying is we need fucking asses in, 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 uh, in theater. And uh, yeah, we need butts and chairs to drive all these freaking vehicles back to Kuwait. You know? And I was like, wow. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah suck so, it up, right? So, so, so that too, that too in turn plays a part in the whole, like your family turning their back, their backs on you, kind of, because they feel like they're neglected in the first place. Like your job is priority number one. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that that also plays a part, man. I mean, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just need to say that. No, no, no. It's all good, bro. It's all good. We need we need as many different perspectives as possible. Oh yeah. But uh, but yeah, like, but as a single soldier, you know. I mean that that shit doesn't matter to the army, right? It's like, right. it's like, but at the same time, it's like you got once you once you get into the military, and that's your thing, and you know you go on deployment, you know your family's on the back burner. You can't really worry about that. You got to worry about what's going on, right? Right here, right now, you know. But yeah, you know, everybody stresses about what's going on with their family because right. you got. The good housewives 
and then you got the bad housewives. <laughs> right, you know <what> right. <laughs> and, you know, and they're like, that, uh, when we were in theater, we had some, some wives that were doing some no-nos in the family housing, you know what I mean? Right, right. I heard so it's that. like, yeah. So it's like, you got to worry about stuff like that. And then it's like, okay, well, when Joe's here, Steph, about that with about somebody else's wife, and it's like, is my wife doing that while I'm going to? You know, that's in their head. Yeah. So that's just, it's just more stress and more stress, you know what I mean? And, and it's like, uh, somebody called, somebody, somebody spoke to me one time, or what they call it, like a borrowed aggression, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. You just heard, you just heard about a soldier that went through something like, let's say, yeah. and a lot of this was going on down there, Brothers was getting letters, like descriptive letters of who they was doing, when they was doing, how they was doing, and everything. Some people yeah. might have even got pictures, right? But yeah. a lot of dudes hear that stuff, and then you see us at night, a, a long line at the morale phone. And you know, it was hell to get through on the morale phone. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> You can just forget it with the morale phone. You sitting there for about four or five hours, like trying to make a call. Mm. After you just had what, an 18, 20 hour day? Come on. Yep. Man. <laughs> Come on, man. It was yeah, you had the, you had the, uh, what is it, that little uh, MWR uh, place? Right, I right. And, and they had the internet yeah. was like, what, 1G, if that? We don't know what it was back then. Yeah. And it was like what a dollar, a dollar a minute, or right. or some shit like that. Yeah, it's okay. and then you had the yeah. So it's like, but yeah, but even then, it's like you spending tons of money to contact your family, right? Right. It's like like what like for me, like my this is my story. It's like I gave every single family member my address when I shipped out, right? Even right. email, all that stuff. Okay. Right. Fifteen months out of the hundreds of family members of that, right? Mm -hmm. I only got a letter or a few letters from my mom and I think my little brother. Right? Right. And I'm like, okay, nothing from siblings, nothing from, you know, the the bio dad, you know, nobody. Right. right. You know? And I'm like, really, 15 months, dude. I'm like, I'm getting more love and attention from those churches that send those those little care right, packages. Care packages, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those like those are like the 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 best things in the world for the right. days that didn't get no correspondence. Right, and they had pen pals. Yeah, it's like shit, sweet. I got some more ramen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my boy, my boy. Uh, Pete, his dad sent me a, a care package, man. That 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 was awesome, but at the same time, it was fucked up that somebody else's family had to send me a package. Right, I know, I know. And uh, so after my first deployment, it was like that showed me a lot about who actually cared. Right. You know, and it's like, yeah, I know everybody has their own life to live. But even my mom said, you know, while I was deployed, if you could fucking write down, fuck you, I'm alive, and send it out, I'll be happy. You know? Right. And one day, I decided just to do that as, you know, 
just for fun. Right. And she wrote me back and was like, thank you so much. I was worried if something happened to you, blah, blah, blah. I love you, you know, even right. as a joke. Right. And, uh, but yeah, like after my first appointment, I caught, I cut off a lot of family, you know, because yeah. it just showed me that nobody, nobody had that interest or that care enough to, to, you know, write a letter or anything. Get on the internet, you know, leave me an email. Yeah. Even if you know I'm busy, just leave an email, you know, because you're running constantly, man. We're, we, we work some tireless hours out there tireless man. oh for sure bro for sure like you know what i'm saying and <laughs> uh i remember this dude i had in my unit man he was smart as hell smart as hell and one day he was like yo do you know as a pfc i make like 32 cents an hour <laughs> i said i said what <laughs> i said dude whoa Come on, man! Don't break down your paycheck like that, man. You you make yeah, people feel like quit. <laughs> you know. What uh -huh. I mean? So it was like, oh, I could work at freaking Burger King and make more money. You know what I mean? Right, less danger, everything. You know. Yeah. Hey, it is what it is. But you know, again, going back to family, man. Like, so before you went off or before you shipped out. Y'all was tight-knitted. I mean, everybody was cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got guys. I'm speaking on other guys' is a relationship with their family. Because, you, mm -hmm. know, you know, you got guys that when they were younger, man, they, they, their fathers used to rape them and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so those yeah. guys, when they came off to the Army, man, and... They gained this brotherhood. It's like, okay, boom, you got something solid. You got people that ain't taking advantage of you and stuff like that. So, you know, to those guys, family might be a very different meaning for them. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? I came up the same way, man. Like, uh, me and my moms, we weren't close at all because we were those who we were too much alike, you know? Right. And and uh having to grow up with uh, an alcoholic mother and, uh, and a dad who was in and out of jail was also a heroin addict you know and my mom would beat me too but sometimes i would ask for it you know because that's the only attention i knew right and uh and but i'd always have i'd always get passed around from family member to family member you know and we were the lovey-dovey type family you know there was no you know, good boy, I love you, you're awesome. So, so emotions and, and, and feelings didn't exist for me when I was a kid, mm. you know. And uh, growing up in L.A., you know, seeing all that during the 80s and 90s, you know. Right. You know, you know, death, destruction, mayhem as a kid, it was easy for me in the Army, you know. Mm. And, um so family, family was really important, anyways, because my family showed me you know, how I was uh, easily discarded, you know, and, and uh, disposable, right? Yeah. And when I when I got with my boys in the military, I'm like, so this is what brotherhood is. This is like me and my brother, my older brother, were never close, mm -hmm. always fighting and stuff. 
But when I was with you guys, it was like, this is what brotherhood is. This is what it's all about. You know, we go to bat for each other. Right. You know, we die for each other. You know, it's like, I might not even know this dude that just came in and have no care in the world for him, but I'll die to protect this motherfucker and make sure that nothing happens and he goes home to his family. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's like, I was that way with my guys on the in my crew in the platoon. It was like if I knew somebody had a family, it was like I'd rather take that bullet for them, you know, so they get to go home. Even though I had kids myself, I didn't have that. I didn't even have that connections with my sons, you know. Mm. So, you know, I mean, I, I was just an empty vessel freaking in the military ready to, you know, blow some shit up. And But, you know... To to me, man, I feel like <clears throat> the military exploits that. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what they want. You know what I'm saying? And and when they get those guys, man, man, you dudes, hats off to you boys, man, for real. Like, see, I was a golf. I was a '92 golf man, so I didn't have yeah. to be like going through the stuff y'all was going through, but. When I did get uh drafted to the Sergeant Major's driver, that's mm-hmm. that's when everything changed for me, man. Like I had a whole different outlook on everything. You see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the bodies, shit, even down to our people. You know what I'm saying? Like bagging and tagging our people was never ever fun, man. Or never ever something you would want to do. Nah, but when you look at ours, it, it's like you know, even if you weren't in that area, you just feel like you know, you could have did something, or that like exactly. you failed in some kind of way. Exactly, you know? and that is that is the biggest part of it, feeling like yeah. you failed that battle, buddy. Yeah, like I said, even if you didn't even know, them, you know, like you weren't there around, like some dip, some other unit, but you had to go. You know, do go bag him and tag him. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know. And uh, so that's even that's even extended out to today. Now, now that you're out yeah. and you're a veteran, you don't want to hear veterans getting gunned down or veterans getting their houses broken into and beaten up. The females are getting raped. Like, come on, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah. So when I hear this stuff, I'm like, oh, some guy. Yeah, but it's also, it's also those vets who, you know, are they living on the street or, you know, doing their thing, but they're not, they're not getting any kind of help either. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it, you feel bad because the, the, the eventual outcome, you know? Right. And it's like, we, you wish we could, you could have did more to help them get the help. Right. You know, but at the same time, it's an individual choice and you can't, you know, you can't put a gun to a battle buddy's head and be like, hey, we're going to free the, uh, freaking see the, the mental health doc. You know? Right. Right. So, you know, but I just think, uh, well, I mean, not saying putting a gun to the head, but Nah, it was just, it was just, I know the figure of speech, but what I'm saying, like, sometimes, you know, a battle buddy would want to say, help me, 
But at the same time, I guess it's that pride or yeah. that, yeah. you know, we're men. Men men always look like, man, my chest is poked out. What if, what I look like talking to this guy and be like, man, I need help, man, I'm fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, but you, you remember back, you remember back in, uh, over freaking, um, one three seven, you know, you go to you go to mental health. You look at like a chump, you know. Right. That that, that sissy stuff. You know, that's right. a waste of time. That's a, you exactly. taking away from the mission. Exactly. You know? So 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 a lot of so. folks, they we that came through those eras. That's how they came through. If you look at the military now, everything is a stress card or whatever, whatever. So they coming through crying already. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But. In our world, it was a smack in the back, and yo, get back to work, man. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, deal with that shit later. Yeah, you know, on your own time. Yeah, suck it up and drive on, you know. But uh, yeah. but that's the thing, man. So we come home, and then even the guys with the wives, and when you guys come home and you got wives, uh, some wives do stay with the husbands, man, and they start noticing the changes and stuff like that. Yeah, and and like. I don't know if it's some of them stay with it, even though it's a change, but most of them leave. And then that's that final straw that could keep this dude sane. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So I don't think family really understand the type of glue or the type of... um, the type of help that they are to a veteran for real. I don't think they understand. Well, yeah, when you deploy, the only thing you, that's keeping you alive is being able to get back to your family. Exactly. You know, you know whether it be your wife and kids or to your mom and dad or whatnot. Exactly. And that's, that, that's your purpose. But then when you get back to them, it's like, all right, your mind's different. You know, you're different, you're closed off, you're shut down, you know, and you're expected to go back to a normal life. Right, right. You know, you're expect, expected to still be that same person that that uh, you were when you left your spouse to go on deployment. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's not. And it's like, you know, there, there's going to be that, that that eventual downfall in the relationship because they, the the Joe, whether male or female, doesn't have the time to go get that help, oh, you know. Yeah. And then at the same time, it's like you know you got that that uh, that liquor to oh. kill those demons while you're still in. You know uh, what I mean? So yeah. You know. Uh, because you know. In Germany, man, that's how most guys dealt with it anyway. You know, it was all yeah, like everybody. The, and that was and that was before that was before the deployment. Like people we was going yeah. when you came home from the field, oh my goodness. <laughs> you yeah. came home from the field, DUIs everywhere. And then next thing you know, <laughs> oh man, dudes is in the barracks fighting. It's it's craziness. You're like, oh no, what is going on here? <sighs> But then you go away, and when you come back, shit, it was times a thousand. Oh yeah, you had everybody from the 
the top brass down, you can get the fucked up. You, you know? see what I'm saying? So I yeah. was always see. I was I was never ever a fan of alcohol. So mm-hmm. I was good on the alcohol part of it. So like I would go to I would go to clubs with dudes just to bring them home. Because mm-hmm. we in the formation the next day and everybody's leaning on everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh I was just the designated driver, man, because I know my boys drink and I'm like, man. I can't stop y'all from having a good time. I mean, shoot, I just go to the club. I sit there, have a good time too. But just watch out for them, you know, and bring them home. But, you know, uh, as you get older, you know, I think it's good you cut back just a little bit. You can't go as hard as you used to. You can't go as hard as you used to. You know what I'm saying? And then... um, With the with the things that you endured downrange, plus that drinking, shoot, man, to me, that spirals you into depression even more. Yeah, because you're self-medicating, you know. You said you got the guy, you got that pride thing again. You know, it's like oh, yeah. dudes don't want to go and talk to a therapist or whatever, right. you know. And whether it's a an antidepressant or something, you know. Yeah, some antidepressants are good. Some antidepressants aren't, you know? Right. Um, you know, just like with cannabis and dull, you know, it's, like I said, he took me, it took me two years for him to convince me, you know? Hmm. And I wish two years ago I would have listened. Okay. You know? Okay. And cannabis, cannabis has been helping me ever since, you know? Hey, and you it, know what? Um, as far as like, the the medication and stuff don't mm-hmm. get me wrong yes some medication will work but what i think is yeah. i mean everybody does not have the same genetic design no. so no so it will mess with some people worse than it will help some people and stuff to that nature yeah and the, yeah, yeah yeah everybody's different and then too the the medication is just a a supplement you know it's just a band-aid. So it's not, yeah, it's not going to completely heal you. It's not going to completely do everything it needs to do. Right. You know, eventually you're going to, you're going to start at the bottom and work till max dosage. And then there's some that have actual boosters to them. So that's another medication on top of it. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, when you get into opioids and, and so on and so forth for painkillers, yeah, that's, that's another monster right there. Yeah, you know that's what a I mean? whole another animal. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but for for mental health, you know that's that's all chemicals. It's all you know uh, the little electrodes in your brains and everything. Right. And uh, you know, like I take uh, antidepressants, but I also take uh, stuff for ADHD. Right. Right. But with my cannabis, you know, I do a half and half, and that that makes life a lot better because it helps with pain and helps me focus and then I'm not as depressed as I used to be, you know. Okay. 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 But uh but but back back to that family stuff. Um when you get out, you know, it's like it's it's a double edged sword, you know, it's like if you don't get that mental help, if you don't get better, then you're most likely gonna lose your family. You know? Yeah. And if you're out there and you do get that help 
and you you know you're making that life you know making things better for yourself it's gonna it's gonna uh come over and make life family life better right. you know but that's not always the case you know okay so yeah. like I mean, not for every, me not everything's 100 percent guaranteed man oh uh, no 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 you know sometimes you hit sometimes you miss i mean that's why I like okay with the whole the idea of checkpoint six and 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 why i do the podcast too man is to get guys such as yourself the rest of the guys in the unit they come up here and talk about whatever they want to talk about you know uh, yeah, for it's sure. still it's, yeah. it's still family orientated and checkpoint six wants to build a farm and not just a farm man we talk about building a ray barracks again like just, oh, to for have, sure, man. just to have that in the united states man that would be awesome you know what i'm saying we're just grown folks with a place to stay a roof over their head a place where they can eat come together farm do some stuff because you know we all got a specialty man we have a, we have a special skill set and right now most of us are not using it. Most of us who've seen a whole lot of action, guess where we came back to? We're security guards and stuff, waiting for something yeah. to jump off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, come on. So we we got to think about it, man. Some of most of us miss it, you know. Some of us don't miss it. Some of us got hooked into some bad things because we was in bad situations and bad positions, and manipulation is easy. Once you come in and dealing with uh depression, shoot, depression, anybody can be manipulated in a depressive state. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. but what is, what is what is the ultimate goal for the Joe once he gets out though? You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just to be a normal person. Exactly. You know, it's just to be just to to do their own thing, live their own life and that's it. But everybody sees the Everybody sees the veteran for what they are, even if they have nothing to do with combat. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, they're just a, bu a bunch of crazy fucking hard-charging killers. You know that it's gonna go, that it's gonna go Rambo one day. You know, and it's like, yeah, you got combat dudes, you got non-combat dudes, but you know, there's more to them than just that. Exactly. You know? exactly. A lot of these guys got skills like carpentry, freaking construction you know, uh, artistic skills, you know, what have you. There's more to them than just being, you know, a vet. Hey. You know, they got more skills than that. Uh, yeah. So. Look, some of us come out and become senators and governors and presidents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My thing is, my thing is, to those guys there, I love them to death, I love them, but you guys are in a position to make changes for us, man, the little guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, just make, just make yeah. little, little tweaks, suggestions, if you will. Uh, you know, man. But I love you, man, and I appreciate you coming up on the show, man. You getting ready to wrap hey, it thanks up? Thanks for having me, man. Hey, always, man. And just let everybody know again who you are. You, I know you got your own nonprofit as well, so you just go ahead and blast that out. Let them know what you do, man. Sorry, G. Uh... Uh, chapter five, paragraph thirteen, custom leathers. Uh, you know, I do work, whatever you guys want. Uh, it's not really a nonprofit, but 
I like to support chapter, um, excuse me, uh, checkpoint six. I've been, I've been there a while and Dennis Dole has been doing great things and I try to support as best as I can. And, you know, yeah, I love you guys. I'm always here for you anytime, any place. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know you got some apparel too, man. So let them know where they could get it. Oh uh, yeah. Just on Facebook, man. My page is chapter five, paragraph 13. Uh, I got some shirts in the works, um, hats, beanies, some stickers and shit. You know, it's stuff I never expected to happen. But you know, when your battle buddies are like, "Yo, I want one, I want one," and I'm like, "Hey, hey all right, you know, might as well, might as well, man. might as well, you know." So I appreciate hey. you, man, for coming up again, man. And uh, hey, this was uh, Sergeant G, man, from One Three Seven First Armored Battalion. Uh, we were there. I was there in O two to O five. Yep, same here. All right, and guess what? We were live here, man, on Checkpoint Six podcast. Check us out on Spotify, uh, Apple Tunes, man, Snapchat, Instagram. I'm everywhere, damn near these days. So catch y'all up again, man. Peace.